Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Excellence Cartel. Today, we have our guest, Ross Cohen, and we are going to be going over the end of this five tips to increase your sales by 25%. But first, let's get into the PEC six. We got Nashville coming up. You got the ticket. It's available on the excellencecartel.com. We did a podcast episode, Jason and I, on this last week. Sorry about my mic kind of being a bummer last week. It went out on me during it. So, but all your information is there, guys. Tickets are still available. Um, we have the small group sessions, which I know Jason Sue and myself or Jeff Sue and myself are excited about doing. Um, be sure if you guys got questions, be sure to ask us. Anything you guys want to comment about the PEC coming up? I mean, it's going to be a cool time. I know it's weird for us not presenting, but you guys excited about the ticket? I mean, I'm extremely excited about it. I'm excited about the ticket. I'm also excited to hopefully have some people that want to come, you know, pick our brain and, and help with their business, their coaching, their marketing um, on Friday. And then the Saturday, I think, is going to be really cool. It is going to be odd not not presenting, but at the same time, I can kind of just chill all day and take in the knowledge and not have the stress. So not bad at all. And then of course, I look forward to hanging out with everyone at the uh, kind of like the, the mixer or whatever we want to call it on Friday night. So I think it's going to be a blast, honestly. So I think it's going to at least present the best um, setup so far. Um, so I hope everyone comes out and uh, attends. Jeff, you yeah. got anything you want to comment there? Yeah, I agree with that. I'm looking for the small group sessions. I mean, we get a little more intimate, so a little more, um, you know, direct with the questions and a little more customized. So mm -hmm. whatever problems you guys may be experiencing with your clients or your businesses, um, you know, you can straight shoot it with us and we'll give it right back to you direct. Um, in terms of not presenting, I think it's great because it'll allow Jeff, Jason and myself to, you know, take a seat in the audience with everyone else, sit back and observe and feel what the PPC is as a consumer almost. And that'll allow the three of us to sort of, you know, make changes to the future PECs to make sure that the experience that we're getting is the experience that we want you all to have when we're up there presenting. So it'll be interesting. Looking well said, man. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think out of all the presentations, I'm looking forward to Michael's the most because he's doing that interactive workshop at the end. And I want to see how that kind of goes off. Um, you know, we've never done that out of the six now five we've put in the books and on the sixth one. So that'd be neat to see. With that being said, guys, you got any information, hit us up, check out our webpage, excellencecartel.com. All the info is there. Jason, my main Earth. sexy man, you're getting close to 45 now, right? Yeah, man. I mean, you know, kind of January. It, it, I mean, I guess I'm not that, I mean, I'm still on the other side of 44. I mean, I, I haven't mean, hit fair how's it how's how's it been for the last seven days for you new eggs and uh it's been great age? seven days uh signed four new clients um and we've been picking up our marketing strategy over at scooby prep got a facebook group going a lot of people are joining it we're going to nurture that um you know the the uh first employee started yesterday at the advanced hrt uh advanced vitality hrt clinic mm. and our mp starts on the 25th we are taking patients slowly, but we have not turned on the funnel yet. And so we're kind of just waiting until we got all of our processes really fine-tuned, but I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a huge hit. Um, we just have too many uh, good, good people involved for it to not be amazing. Um, I did sign a few more mentees. I'm not going to take nine or 10 this time. I want to leave my Wednesdays and Thursdays open for a little more travel and stuff, but I do have a few more spots if anyone's interested in a mentorship. 
Um, they can hit me up. Um, other than that, uh, new ethics had a record month, um, it's in business. So we're still trending the right way. We've been dumping more into marketing though. And we hired a new marketing team. That's really good at what they do. Um, you know, with that comes more expense, but, um, you know, you got to spend it to make it and you got to spend it to get eyes on you. So we're, uh, we're, we're rocking and rolling, man. Badass. Mr. Jeffrey Sue. Yeah. Um, by the way, real quick, those before and after pictures of the Botox sold me. I don't want to look old, so I am going to go Botox the shit out of Are you of really? Fuck yeah. After seeing that, I was like, Dude, Jeff just sold me. I'm, I'm there. Take before and afters. I am going to take before and afters back. Look at this beautiful skin before and look at this sexy skin now. It's exactly yeah, how it's going to go. Inject it in your penis because you might not be able to get an erection because it numbs you. Really? <laughs> no, I know what they do. I'm just not that you tried it, right? I'm just making right. a joke, but you know, if you want your head to be smooth, I don't know. Never mind. Oh yeah, I went real sideways. I'll back out now. <laughs> I had a, I'm having a fucking awesome week. I'm almost fucking manic right now because I was down in Rhode Island this weekend, and on Saturday at dinner, I was like, "Huh, wouldn't it be cool to make ten thousand dollars next week?" I've already made eight thousand dollars, and it's only Tuesday. So, anyways, mentorships are packed. I had a class on Sunday that went really well. Going to teach it the third time. Getting consults from that, mentorship increase from that. Had two client consults today. I have another one tonight. So I'm fucking killing it, dude. I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking kill it this year. Sweet. I can't wait for you guys to cover my meal when I go out since you guys are killing it so much. Yeah. I can't wait. That's good for you guys, man. I'm happy. Yeah. Let's see. My last seven days. Well, um, it's been good. It was a little tough this weekend. Just some stuff with the boys and me that we had to have like private conversation to sell uh talk about and kind of clear up but um i'll be honest man my last seven days are something that i've really enjoyed uh is me and keegan been going to church and i really enjoy our sundays together now that's been a cool thing and um a lot of it's cooking dinner me and him have been learning he's teaching how to cook dinner and all that i think you guys saw my post i put about him on instagram today little ninjas put on almost seven pounds through 75 hard he's on the other side of six pounds he's put on yeah, dude, he's eating, he's tracking his food. It's 100 grams of protein, 120, 200 grams of carbs. And he's getting about 60 grams of fat. Yeah, no, I taught him how to do it all. Yeah, he's 11. That's amazing. Yeah. Dude, he's doing awesome, man. He graduates I mean, 75 hard. I'm next glad Thursday. to see it. And I think it's going to yeah. translate into a schooling, a, a social, just yep. everything, man. And I hopefully, you know, it, it helps with the brittle bone disease so he doesn't Absolutely. have tons of more surgeries and things. So that's, that's cool, man. Yeah, no, man, I'm super proud of him. But otherwise, my last seven days have been good. Like you guys, uh, I think because me and Jason talked about last week, but with spraying, there's like an influx of people who want coaching now. And I think it's a lot of people who are either getting into prep or tried at the beginning of the year, failed, didn't really move is what I kind yeah. of seen. I have a few people who was like, oh, the hit classes didn't work. In fact, I got <laughs> more weight on me. So I'm like, so it's been good, man. You know, I think you see this uptick every year. Um, but otherwise, um, yeah, that's all I got from my last seven days for me. Ross, Ross, dude, I've been like crushing to have you on this podcast. Like seriously, like it's been circled on my calendar because I've just listened to a few of your presentations and TRM and you're just fucking fire. So how's your last seven days? Let's get this shit kicked. I appreciate you having me. It's been awesome. Right. Jeffrey Seward just got me super hyped up talking about his week and what he's been doing so far. And, uh, we've had the best quarter we've ever had. And by the end of this year, we're going to be turning what was a yearly 
income into a monthly income, which is solid. This is what we're here for. And this is what I'm excited to come on to this podcast. But aside of that, proper lifestyle things. I went with a really good friend of mine. We drove a couple of hours to go and pick up his G-Wagon, which was awesome. (laughs) Really cool to share proper real life moments with people who care about. He took his 13 year old son and I watched his face as he went around the dealership. Best service, getting into his car, watch his dad get the keys and that. And when you see that look in his face and the kind of emotion that's translating over to him and how hyped he was on the way home, I was like, that was a really good moment for me. So that stands out. Dude, those are the wins that you like to see. Like there's nothing cooler than like when Aaron pulled up once when she got her new car last year and her badass Audi, I was like, congrats. I know how hard you worked for that. You know what I mean? I know what that took. And that's just super cool when you can be a part of those moments, you know, even as friends and so forth. Um, Dude, your backstory, it is one that most people probably would have given up on uh, given the circumstances you kind of went through. I'm not going to ruin it for the audience, but this is kind of like your storytelling of this and just who you are and what got you into this is so powerful. Take it away. Let everybody know who Ross is. Okay, I appreciate that. So obviously I'm in the fitness industry. I'm on this podcast for a reason, but I was definitely not fit or into sports at all when I was younger. Like I used to play a bit of soccer, which is football in the UK. And, but like 12, 13 years old, I discovered partying and a few years later girls. And that was pretty much it for me. I spent all my time being the party supplier in inverted quotes, kind of dropped out of school, didn't really finish that. Uh, spent a lot of my teenage years in a police station. But at this point, like being like 17, 18 years old, I was like 110 pounds. Like really didn't like my body. And it's obviously, it's a, it was a young partying body, but I always had that mindset myself that I really don't like my body and how it is. I always used to hate the summer, even though it doesn't really get that warm here, like covering up all the time. And it's just, it was always there in the back of my mind. But the big thing that come in is obviously when you live in that kind of lifestyle, fighting comes with it. We've all been little tearaways when we were younger, but if you're doing that consistently all the time, I was getting into a lot of fights. And then when I was in 20 years old, I got into a particularly bad fight that ended up getting me put in prison for two years. Oh, wow. Deserved yeah. it. Like you go that kind of lifestyle. The issue that I had at that point is that like, if I didn't get caught that night, I wouldn't have remembered it two weeks later, which is not good, right? You don't want to be in that position where that's all you're about. But I didn't know anything different. And uh, the issue that I had is that when I went in there, when I was, I was 20, you're supposed to be in the UK, 21 years old and over to go into like, an adult prison due to overcrowding. I got put in the adult prison straight away. And you think you're a badass, right? You think uh-huh. you're really bad when you go into an adult prison. And to be fair, like definitely Jeff, but a bit of Jason as well. You walk in, you see people who look like you guys, you're like, <laughs> me. And you realize that you're 110 pounds dripping wet. <laughs> and you're in there with people who are like murderers, career criminals, and some of those evil people you ever met on the planet. You realize you are fucking not. So yeah. like when you get into that position, like having two years of your freedom taken away from you, like you really kind of have two things you can do to pass the time. You can either become a fucking junkie or get in the gym and train, right? And there's no partying in prison. So anything I'd learned before was not going to work in that. So I just got into a situation where I just started fucking training, just into the gym, giving the opportunity in there every single day and built up a bit of confidence myself, start to really learn about training, which is cool because it passed the time. But if you've been in this situation and you've experienced what it's like, like having your freedom taken away from you is one of the worst things in the world, right? It is. Like everyone has to go through shit. We all have to go through a journey to get to where we are. We all overcome things, of course we do. I think that was specifically my thing and it was fucking tough. And it was about 18 months in, 
was in a place called HMP Maystone, which is one of the oldest prisons in the UK. It's the last one who still had the hangman's noose. It was a shit oh, hole. Yeah, fucking, it was, it was, what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> you, know, you can play like medieval times. <laughs> got to hate it, dude. Can you imagine? Like, uh, stage, we we give them a shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think the serves is one point. Like, shut the fuck up, Anyway, you're in there, 18 months into this uh, process. And when you get to connect with people, and you do meet people when you're in there, like people getting out is a big deal. It's like a big deal. You're getting out, fair enough. And uh, 18 months in, that prison had like a section where you could cook. So there's a cooking section in there, those knives that attach the wall and someone stole a fucking knife. Like, okay. And what they did is they locked everyone down for five days straight. So oh. everyone, like 320 people on this fucking block in a five by six cell, which is absolutely tiny, locked in there for five days. And we have a radio station called Radio One, which is like the big one. And they had like Radio One's big weekend was in Maystone, which means fucking Madonna. <laughs> Madonna was playing a concert outside of this prison and I was sat in this prison cell for five days on my own and what they was doing is they had an electronic airport gate that was going cell by cell bringing you out searching I don't search your stuff they toss it fucking everywhere trash all your stuff and come back in and then we did that for five days and I'll be 100% honest I was fucking broken like properly dummy I can understand why people get into situations where they do all sorts of really extreme things it's really hard to deal with that kind of mindset when you did it got in come out the other side and then literally two weeks later, his name was fucking Tom, comes walking back onto the wing. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing here? You literally left like a month ago. And he's like, no, nah. you know what? He's like, I went out there, it's fucking tough. At least when you're in here, you've got three meals a day, gym five days a week, and you've got a roof over your fucking head. I remember looking at him in that moment and thinking, I am fucking not like that. That was the worst time of my life. And I was surrounded by people who are actually happy to have all their freedom take away as long as they don't have any fucking responsibility. Oh gosh. So go on. No, you go ahead. Finish this up. In that fucking moment, I just had this like come to Jesus realization is that you know what? Everything I've done, all my actions up until this point, which is tough, is like you are the sum total of all the decisions you fucking make. Being angry, pissed off at everyone, short, not connecting with people, got me to where I was. And I just fucking decided as Massive as that sound is that I was just going to do the fucking opposite, <laughs> which is why when you meet me, I'm the happiest, chirpiest, like Tigger on Christmas morning, bouncing around all over the fucking place. <laughs> ever since I've done that, I did the opposite. My life has been exponentially better, but it also means it puts me in a position where I only want to spend time and give energy to people who wake up in the morning who feel the way that I do, like fucking blessed. Like, this is it. My favourite saying is like, it's 10% what happens and 90% how you choose to fucking deal with it. I've been following Jeff for a long time. I've been listening to the Excellence Cartel podcast and thinking, fucking yes. This is when Sue come on. He's like, this is how my year's been so far. I was like, that's what I need, right? So that's what it's all about. So that's what I realised in that moment. So you get, when you leave prison, I guess you had nothing. So you literally... How did you build this? How did you go out there and say, what this, what were the steps? Because you're going to have people who are listening, who are thinking about going to be a trainer. Well, I don't have shit. I don't know where to go. And you're coming from prison trying to build this out. So <laughs> give us a context, how you laid the foundation down and kind of what that part of the journey went into. And then we'll go into how it shifted. PT qualification first. I was leaning towards the PT qualification. I specifically went to the gym that I did because I'd heard that they wasn't asking about uh, like uh, checks like uh, on whether you've been to prison and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm going to go to fitness first. And they didn't <laughs> ask me. <laughs> it's fine. Got a PT. And I remember being in a PT, being a PT, getting charged 25 pounds, which is like $30 an hour or something. 
Like I remember being six weeks into that and only getting paid $30 and being like, oh my fucking God. But I was there, I was in there and I quickly realized is that the, the, the women who I was training didn't like training in the big meathead area down in where the gym was. So it was in this little PT room, which was absolutely tiny. I was paying them 500 pound a month to go and do that. And was that, I met my old business partner said, we need to go and do a boot camp. We need to get outside of this, get people paying 10 pound for a session. And within about three, four months, we filled it up. We had 65 people turning up to this beautiful green space over by the river, loads of people turning up, which was really, really good. And then is that okay? We need to have a PT studio. We need to have our own space. Let's see what we have here separate from a gym, but let's, let's open it. So we've got our own dedicated space and people there like, you can't do that. There's no way, it's not affluent enough around here. People aren't gonna pay 40, 50 pounds a session to come and do that. Was that fuck you watch this? And we did it. We had this 800 square foot space, which is in the high street just off the town. And we got there within a year, we went from me and my business partner to like six coaches. Then we got a space that was down the road, which was like triple the size. And we took it up to 11 coaches. And it was funny enough, it was at that point, my now business partner, who's my girlfriend and my partner, like she come walking in for a job. <laughs> she obviously got that job. You <laughs> <laughs> obviously got that job. And it was an interesting thing. We've all been in situations where you have businesses and you're working with other people is that the reason why the studio didn't work ultimately is because we had three guys who set expectations at the beginning is that we want a place in Thailand. This is what we do. But then fucking life happens, right? One of them got married. One of them had a kid. And all of a sudden, because we weren't resetting those goals, we just disconnected as people. So at that point, I was like, look, I know that online is going to be a thing. M turns up, she's like, I wanted to start doing an online business. So I just sold my partner's studio and we started doing the online stuff. In that time, it was weekend retreats, international retreats. And I feel like up until that kind of point, I'd done pretty much everything in the industry, everything, but never really broke that kind of 10K mark. You know, there's a certain level of income and people need depending on your business, but you, if you're always hustling, you're always like six, seven, it's comfortable, but it's never really, you're not really growing as a business. And I'm just, the story that I'm talking to, this, this was like eight years in the making. So it's always been in there. And always going back to the mindset as well is that I'm certified unemployable. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't have a plan B. So I just kept building that business all the time. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. What was the hardest part for you out of that? Before you switched to online coaching, you had to have a test moment. And I'm curious what it was where you kind of like, maybe, hmm, is this right? Or a moment you got clarity to go online, I guess, should I say? Yeah, it's, and it was definitely, it was, it was watching the breakdown of the studio that I have, because the way that we had the, um, the way that the agreement was done was that like, you don't have the money to buy me out of this studio because what we built so far. So I'm going to work in there for a year rent free and I'm just going to build my business and I'm going to go. And sadly, I watched the two guys without my input in there, just watch it run it into the ground but and it was really tough to watch it but also show me what's going to happen unless people start to transition in a way that makes sense for them and for us it was like i know that we can do good on social media i'm going to talk about this a lot i know we can do good on social media i know we can have an impact so it's like where do we go with this so that's what it was so you go online you start going into that shift of gears where you're making over 10k right and this is is this the point where you start going from coaching to the marketing and you start you know focusing on that yeah, not instantly because I started TRM and funny enough, I, I know a lot of you know Jamie Filer. I was in the same TRM 10K group as Jamie Filer. So yeah, we no joined that, pro yeah, that process with Matt Park, who's like a brother to me, like as we went through there. And it was uh, interesting because obviously we started, we started doing the online stuff, then COVID happened. And depending where you were in your business, the cream always rises to the top. But like mm -hmm. that was, the getting was really good. Like 2020, was decent. We had a good little model of how to do it, but 
then what happened was, and from my experience, is that the first year was really, really good. Then I did research that I was doing. I was building an app at the time that I spoke to Jeff about. And it was, um, I did the research about how many PTs in the US and the UK lost their ability to earn income overnight because of the gyms when they shut. And it was 875,000 people. And a good group of those people went online and all started trying to sell the same stuff. And the yeah. model that we had was getting completely watered down by people who were just not doing a good job of it. Everyone sending the same message, everyone doing the same stuff over and over again. And then the big thing for us was TikTok. Now, I know you guys talk about social media a lot. Love it or hate it, TikTok is going to be how people consume content these days. We went on TikTok and we went from having five leads a week uh, to 7,000 people filling a coaching application in nine months. You had 7,000 people fill out a coaching application in nine months. Coaching application who opted in themselves and filled in an in-depth coaching application to reach out to us. And you're like, oh, poor me. But the fact is, is that your business needs to change because if you go to a situation where you're like, okay, we've got five calls booked, two no-shows and two sales. And all of a sudden that goes to like 30 calls booked, 10 no-shows, four sales. You're having absolutely no time being absolutely fucking exhausted in the process. You need to be able to process all these leads when you come in and you can't be doing all of that stuff and coaching your clients and stuff at the same time. So we just switched our model up straight away. Fair. Do you guys have anything you would like to chime in at this point? Not yet. All right. I do have a question. What is about TikTok that makes it so special with consuming content? I know Jeff Sue has recently been on it. I know that Phil Viz has got on it. I know there's been quite a few big names in the industry starting to move there. From your estimation, why is it a valuable asset? And why are you saying this could be the way people are going to consume content? Sell me to get on TikTok, Ross. Here's the thing, right? Uh, the TikTok algorithm is still going to be unaffected by the pay-to-play method that you get on the other platforms, right? You pay to play when it comes to Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube. They don't have that algorithm yet. Plus, if Google, which is YouTube, and then Facebook are like two of the biggest companies in the world are copying this format of that portrait style, 20-second clips. They do YouTube shorts, they do Instagram reels. They are copying Facebook are now going to be, we're going to be applying to see if they will pay us money to do reels on Facebook. So the biggest companies in the world are copying what, what TikTok is doing. Plus, when you do this stuff properly and put the right call to actions in, you can get so many people. I know there's a mindset of that, oh no, it's just a load of teenagers doing dance crazes, but that's bollocks. I've had three of my highest paying clients. One of them was a lawyer who come from TikTok and paid the most that we've taken as the upfront payment for our coaching package, like three and a half thousand dollars for three months, like that. So any beliefs that you have about the people that hang on there, yes, there's a skill set you need to learn, but fuck me, this is how people are consuming content now. 20 second videos, simple and easy. You're going to offer a class on how to make a proper TikTok because if you do, I will sign up right now. And probably, <laughs> I'll I think on. I'll drag Jason in there with me too because we're like old and like, no, TikTok now. I'll do it. I'm on there. I just haven't done, I haven't done anything yet to yeah. my profile. I'm booked, Daddy. I had some good laughs with it, but I haven't done anything funny, funny yet. But from, but like from a business standpoint, if there was anything you was going to invest time in over the course of the next six months to develop a new skill in order to do something for organic growth and we'll talk about like the business process and stuff but I still haven't paid for any leads yet ever I still haven't I've never bought traffic I'm going to I've set up my business to do it starting as of next month but I haven't and we have more leads than we could process and I had to change my business model in order to handle them so yes you can definitely do it sweet all right now the next point you wanted to talk about after all this 
What are the lessons learned up to this until we get to the five points, how people can increase their sales? Is there anything yeah. else you want to loop and tie up at this point? Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's just like it, being in that position, we had to obviously change how we set up our business. And it's like by, 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 by being a marketing company. So the first thing we had to do was initially good for people when you want to grow. I believe that everyone needs to have a methodology, a system that people can use that is not based around an individual. So not Jeff Black Fitness. It's relentless forever. It's something that you can teach to other PTs that allows them to do a repeatable process that gets really high quality results. So you can start spending 10% of your time coaching rather than 90%. So that's what we did. So me and M was doing absolutely everything, all the sales calls, all the training, all the coaching, all of these sales started coming in and we were fucked. We couldn't do any of it because it was too much. Now we separated our business that way. We've got two coaches that do a fucking amazing job and we do 10% of that stuff, which means we are now spending 90% of our time doing all the lead generation, right, all the other stuff, write people with their seats on the bus so we know exactly what we do. M creates all the content, I do all the copyright and all of the marketing stuff and people are in the right place, which is a huge growth tool. And then the other thing we did, we started tracking fucking everything, data on absolutely everything, how long people are spending on videos, proper in-depth data about when they're doing their coaching application, what they clicked on, what they bought. And we have so much information now that we can start to target specific emails to specific people and put them into certain funnels. And then obviously now all we do is create campaigns. Yeah. No more winging it, no more putting a post on and see how it goes. We have a three month sales cycle, very right. specific that we do just repeat all the time. Do it, learn, rinse, repeat. And I didn't realize what we was doing until we actually started talking to a marketing company. And then I realized we was doing all the stuff that I was doing anyway. <laughs> Jeff Sue likes marketing a lot. Jeff, you got anything you want to chime on that? You want to hit to the sales? Um, I want to hear about his like five keys and then I think I'll probably ask some questions then. I do have one question before that. Can you define to the audience what you define or what you would deem a campaign and like what a basic setup would be to give a little context to this? Yeah, a campaign is something that has a very, very specific goal at the end of it. I want to get 100 people on my eight-week challenge, say, for example. And it's something that has a specific plan that you plan out in advance and you do all of your planning first, then you post something, then you track, then you measure, then you repeat it. People are like, oh, I sent out an email campaign and they sent out two, two or three random emails over the course of a week and then don't really track anything. That's, that tends to be that people on a smaller level of business will do sometimes. So we have been running a specific campaign to get result. And we now know that once we track all of that data, if we do this, we get this result. That means if we put ad spend into it, we can times it by two, three, four, five X. That's what it is. Hmm. Thank you for explaining that out clearly because I wanted to get some context to that because marketing is something that a lot of people are often confused about in understanding how to do it correctly um, in terms of campaigns. With that being said, give me the meat, man. What's the five <laughs> steps to increase sales by a minimum of 25%? Bold, bold move, Cotton, bold move. You got this. So here's the thing. So out of all the stuff that we've done, this is what we learned. These are things that everyone can implement. When we say 25%, if you're in a position where you're, you're closing two or three sales a week, then you need to close one more and you've hit it. If you're in a situation where you're doing five or six sales a week, then it might be one or two more people booked. But the biggest challenge that people are facing is getting good quality leads booked and on the phone so you can sell them. You need to have a business that justifies a sales call. And obviously we, we charge $700 per client per month. So there's a certain process we need to get through and this is one we follow. So number 
done is you must incentivize action when you're on your social media. So many people are on social media and what they're doing, they're posting, they're putting all this time and effort in, they either don't put a call to action or they put something that is not incentivizing people to click on it. Me and Jeff had this conversation, you want something that is low barrier and high value. So we have something called a calorie calculator, which has got 90% of our leads from TikTok for women to click on it because they do not know how many calories they should be eating. So we have a calorie calculator, which takes their leads. It can be a Facebook community. But the reason why this is so important, I've got an extra bonus one for you, is because it has to be specific to you and your clients. What works for me isn't going to work for you unless you're looking at high-performance women who want to build a healthy relationship with food. So the one that we know that is absolutely fucking ninja is that going to your current audience, especially if your potential clients or your current clients are saying, what is the biggest change you're facing right now? What are you struggling with? And your ideal clients will tell you what their biggest problem is right now. And you go and create a free training, which is a Zoom call, where you have all your own clients on their little presentation saying, look, here's the five steps to eat the food you want without sabotaging your results. You record that, you have it as a free training, and you get people to put their hand up for it. And when they see it, they see how good your content is. They have a load of people who are currently working with you who are like, yeah, what's your win for the week? Like, yeah, I feel amazing. I've been doing this stuff. You use that to get people to opt in as a call to action on your social media posts and you'll get so much more people, qualified leads coming to you. Does that make sense? Fair. What's an example of, maybe I just didn't catch it, but what's an example of another way to incentivize people? Like, and where would you be putting this? Is it on a story? Is it in your feed? Yeah, Is it on your Facebook group? Yeah, yeah. So when we're doing these on normal posts, let's say you're on Instagram, you're going to be like, you'll do your post. It's going to be about how to, how, how to overcome something. I've got a free training showing you how to get confident with calories. Type get confident with calories in the comments. If you have four words in, your, uh, in the comments that people have, Instagram won't pick it up as like spam. So if you get people to thumb up, so four words means that it's going to be a legitimate comment. And then you can go through every single one of them and say, awesome, you put your hand up for that. Here's the link that you need, opt yourself in. And it's going to be whatever works for you. And from talking to lots of different people, the free training tends to be the best way for you to do it because it's super high quality for your audience specifically. If you find yourself a calorie calculator or something that makes sense, they can get really good value, like super high value with a minimal barrier, like the lowest barrier ever. That's going to be what's going to be effective for them. So how much did you spend on the marketing and research to understand this? Because me and you have had conversations about that. And you actually hired out a firm to gather this collective data, correct? Well, we've been hiring people to help us with our active campaign, which is our email system. So they come in because when we had they've got up to 58,000 new leads that were coming in and we got that over the course of two months an active campaign kept emailing us so you need to upgrade your account you need to upgrade your account and when we had this huge wave of people coming in I've had someone coming in and just to help us process all that information making sure that people when they're coming on board that all these people are active they're opening emails and we're funneling them into certain uh, certain sections because just because you get loads of leads what if they're 19 what if they're guys and you only coach women? Like people are always going to come through. You need to make sure you process the information. So we've had people help us with tidying up our email list, but we haven't ever paid for marketing ever, ever. We've never paid for ads or leads or anything. So what are you using to manage the client flow? And what do you recommend to coaches to be able to manage the leads and the flow of the data and so forth? You have to have some kind of CRM. You have to. Something that's on there, you obviously, we use, when we're taking information from people, something like Typeform, which will allow you 
to funnel people into certain sections. So when someone comes on, you get their age. I want to know uh, where they're from on a scale of one to 10. How committed are you right now? If they put less than a seven out of 10, it's going to sell them an ebook. It's not going to allow them to book a coaching call. Uh, you have to ask people the financial qualification question. If you're in a situation that you start to get more people leads come in, you can't afford to get on a call. I know there's other people who are out there like, oh, I close a call in 15 minutes. Cool. I believe that all things being relative, as you start to charge more, more for people on a monthly basis, selling something for 100 quid is easier than selling something for 1,000. But also a sales call should be an audition for people when they come in, see if they're going to be a good fit for you. If someone comes on, they work with you for three months and you haven't spent the time to think if they're actually going to be a good fit, the amount of time and energy they're going to drain from you is going to be fucking huge. So I need to ask them a question like, uh, this coaching progress has, program has the highest level of accountability. Are you in a position to invest the time and finances needed to achieve a life-changing result? Yes or no? Because if the people go in there, they're going to read that question. You don't have to say, how much money do you have? They're going to click on no, it's going to come out. And again, we did the test on this. When we actually put a price range, like uh, $300 to $700, there was a 50% drop off on that question. And I went back and asked one of the ladies who said no on that question, who paid me $3,000 for a package. Why did you do that? She said, so I don't want to tell you how much money I've got. <laughs> That's a fair qualifying question. I can understand that. So you have this space, as you know, in 2020, it exploded. A lot of people who were brick and mortar had to go online to be able to cover their bills. What would be your advice or your pivots that you think coaches need to be making as we go into 2022 in their marketing and sales that you think is on the horizon to better educate them? Because you got people left and you, it's starting to get where some people are falling off now and it's starting to clear up a little bit as a whole nother batch comes in. I'm just curious hey, what your thoughts are. Jeff, yeah. do, you, do you mind if I follow up on two things before we move on to the next sure. topic? All right. So just to gain some clarifications on the first two touch points that you just mentioned for our listeners, um, in terms of putting out low ticket offers on social media, whether it's Instagram or TikTok or Facebook and, you know, offering the group, you know, the, the uh, Facebook groups where you post the free trainings and the replays and the, you know, more offer, more free value being offered in that situation. How would you advise coaches to overcome the trust factor? Because, there are some coaches out there who will give away free stuff and nobody even wants it. It's fucking free. And they still don't want it because they don't fucking trust them. So yeah. how do you overcome that? How do you get people to trust you on social media and even begin talking to you? Because people won't talk to you if they don't trust you. Then my second question is regarding CRMs or any types of systems, when do you suggest coaches to pull the trigger on that investment? Because if they're just starting out, a lot of them don't have the money for these systems or the VAs or the assistants. So I want to hear what your thoughts are on those aspects. What you said, Sue, was perfect about the trust thing. That's all we're ever trying to do. And I feel like the trust has been absolutely destroyed by everyone flooding into the market and doing the same thing at the same time, which is 100% true. So how do you build trust? I personally believe that it seems like we always send videos to people where you can, if someone comes on and they, if they go, look, uh, get confident with calories, there's a video of them like, hey, Jeffrey, how you doing? Thanks so much for reaching out. I really appreciate it. The next step is just click on here. Don't worry, like, give us your information. That's all we're going to do is we're gonna add you into the list and we're going to send you a free training. Can't wait to see how you get on with that. Instantly. It seems so simple. Funny, you know, that was the next step as well, uh, is humanize yourself so you can fucking build trust. The gold standard is a personalized video where I say your name at the beginning. As you scowl, obviously you may not be able to do that, but 
you want to be either sending a voice note or taking the time to fucking talk to him because it makes a huge difference. And it's doing these little things that other people just don't do. That Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And the, the second thing is that uh, when should you be getting a CRM before you fucking need it? <laughs> Ultimately, and there's, there's the systems and stuff you can have. Uh, active campaign is quite an intense one, but you need to be collecting data from people. You have to, if absolute minimum, if you have something like Typeform, which is how people apply for coaching, so you can filter down the information that you need, you keep all that info, but get whatever you can. MailChimp's a good place to start because you have to own people's data. We all know this. If you're on social media, you are only ever renting that data from people. The reason why it's so important to give them something that's fucking awesome with the lowest barrier ever is so you can get their number and their email address so then you can start to communicate and without Instagram, but like actually, you no, know, taking your post down or doing whatever. That's why it's so important. Does gotcha. that make sense? Yeah, totally. What's the CRM that you like most? Active campaign. Active, active campaigns have been awesome because I, I have, like you said, like I've already told you, I have a lady whose full-time job is working on active campaign right now. She's going on, she's sorting out automations. We've got funnels and all this kind of stuff. And yes, I could learn it. But again, it goes back to the point. If you've got certain seats on the bus and you're trying to be all of those things in your business, you're going to struggle your ass off. So I know what I need to do. So I employed someone to come and do that full-time. And it just means that when we get all of this data that's coming in, it's all being processed properly. I'm not sending someone two emails in the same day with two different messages. Because the one thing is you can have a lot of data, but if you don't look after it properly, companies like Active Campaign will start to block your emails as they go out because you come across as spam. So again, it's we always say this, right? It's like, it doesn't matter where you are in your business, every next level has got its own devil, right? You might be like, oh, poor you, you've got all these leads coming in, but you still have to deal with those leads. You still need to make sure you make the most out of it and treat people properly, no matter what happens. 100%. So I want to close this out of in a perspective of where you were as a company going into 2020 and where you're at currently in that growth model, as far as numbers, revenue, and what you've done, like what you've seen as far as that scale X go. Yeah, of course. So when we come in and it come into 2020, 2021, we had rebranded as strong F coaching. So when it come into March, we, we stopped being everything to everyone. And we just started specifically setting one program, one program to women and then a full on product that comes after. So we did 130K in that year, which was building, which is fine. And then at that point, we then split it and we said, right, we've got two coaches that come on board. We've got a full-time VA. And now we've got a lady who's running an active campaign for us. We're on track to do 750K this year. And we are hitting consistently now four or five new clients per week. But the biggest thing that comes out of all of this is that we are retaining 75% of the women who are coming through. And that went yeah. from... 20 to 75 the minute that we stopped trying to do all of the things within our business the minute was that okay i'm just going to do the copyright and we've got two fucking amazing coaches who have full responsibility over the clients that they have and it also allowed us to turn around and be like look if you come and work with us i'll understand what your goal is going to be you can hit six figures within your own business from home selling what we're doing as a model and then the other thing that come off the back of that is because we had so many people coming in for coaching and it doesn't some of them they're like i really really want to work for you but i don't have 700 dollars a month so what we did is we created a eight-week group coaching program called ditch the diets academy which means that if someone comes onto a coaching call it's like 300 for eight weeks and you can't do it we put them into there and what we also do that's part of our three-month sales cycle and we did the first one had 50 people on that and it was awesome 
And then we did the second one that just happened. We put the prices up by 50%, fucking awesome. Exactly the same thing again, 50 people come through. So we now know that when we have all of the data that we have and we start to funnel traffic into that for the last two quarters, we can hit some big numbers. Dude, I like the way your brain thinks. I like the way you explain stuff. And I hope to see you do some classes on some of the stuff because I think the visual side would be really huge for a lot of coaches to see because I think that they don't understand funnels. I know that my marketing guy had to really sit down and explain a lot of it to me. And it took three or four passes before it cemented in along with probably 30 books on the subject for me to kind of have a decent grasp. But even my mind doesn't work that way. But what would you like to say to close this out? Is there anything we need to tie up? Gents, you guys got anything you want to chime in? Anything like that? Hmm. Well, let me ask you this. Um, if I hop on TikTok, um, <clears throat> what do you think are the best types of um, videos? Um, obviously, you know, it should suit your brand and who you are. I'm not going to be someone pointing at air and, and doing shit like that. But, you know, yeah. what, what should I do? Um, I would say to everyone, go on there for a week and start consuming content and looking at what people are doing. Anyone who resonates, you click on it and what TikTok could do is start to show you more content from those people. If, you, if you're secretly well into cat videos and don't tell anyone else, TikTok doesn't care. You're going to go and that's all you're going to see is cat videos. So teach you what you need to do. And it's just about trends. There's going to be some kind of sound that has no relevance to what you're doing, but it plays in the background and you can just deliver the same message over and over again. And we just learned is that the biggest things that we do is we just talk about how women can get confident with calories. It's the same message over and over again. You repackage that message and it becomes really, really powerful. But the best thing is make sure it resonates with you. Don't spend too much time doing it. Aim to do three or four videos a day and then just start putting it out and you'll get a massive return on it. Yeah. Where can everybody find you at? Where, where are these click funnel classes coming and all this shit? <laughs> I see you so, as being a consultant because you're moving up into that entrepreneur world, you know, CEO role. Yeah. The thing is, is that um, I am not on social media because <laughs> I know <laughs> energy and time social media takes. I made a conscious decision to come off it. So we do all of our business through Emily Hackett Fit. So that's on Instagram, that's on TikTok. But the reason why I don't do it because I understand it's a double-edged sword. I want to create on social media. I don't want to consume it. And that's how I keep my energy on point. Nice. So, Emily Hackett Fit, that's where it's going to be. Or you can email me at ross at strongfmethod.com. That also works. Cool. Well, Ross, thanks for taking time to join us across the pond. I know it's late over there and you're probably wanting to get to sleepy sleep. No, it's all good. I appreciate having you on. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, that gents, I guess I'll see you all next week. All right. Peace. All right. See ya.